Welcome to the show, Be Convinced, where I share life-changing stories of hope with you so that you can get a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Soraya Diasi-Kofeld. I'm an Ivy League-educated lawyer, a former judge, small business owner, children's author, wife, and mother who's passionate about helping to improve your life and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. Because of my diverse education and life experiences, I'm able to bring to you a wide variety of guests, from children to millennials to senior citizens, all of whom share their heartfelt, life-changing stories of hope to inspire and motivate you. Each story is told by ordinary people just like you and me who went through different challenges in their lives and have been able to overcome them. In each story, we share thought-provoking concepts, some of which you may want to incorporate into your own life, as well as resources for you to consider, all to inspire and motivate you to be more hopeful. Mother Teresa once said that one person alone cannot change the world, but one person can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. I would like my podcast to do just that, create many ripples through many lives, including yours, as we hope for and achieve better. Please subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It's easy. Just click a button and it's free and you will get all my new episodes to help you be encouraged and filled with hope. This is episode 141. My guest, Lauren Hunter, shares her painful journey of growing up in and then leaving a religious cult known as Christian Science. She gives us hope that it is possible to leave a controlling group and that we have the resilience to do so and live much better and fulfilling lives. Lauren is the author of two books. The first is titled, Leaving Christian Science, 10 Stories of New Faith in Jesus Christ, where she shares her story and the stories of nine others who were able to leave the religious cult and have renewed faith in Jesus. Her second book is titled, Write Your Journey, a Step-by-Step Guide to Write Your Life Story Fast. In this book, she helps you to write your own personal story, centering on powerful themes that will encourage and motivate others. Please stay tuned as Lauren inspires us to embrace hope and God-given resilience to overcome our challenges. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. All proceeds from book sales go to the nonprofit foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us in another edition of Be Convinced, where we share life-changing stories of hope. And as you know, my guest is author Lauren Hunter, and what a fascinating young woman she is. And we're going to be talking about hope and resilience in leaving, whether it's a religious cult or any high control group, and how you can use times in your life to really pivot and uh, use your trials and pains now to help others. And that's exactly what Lauren is doing. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thanks for having me, Soraya. What a cool podcast you have with a great topic to talk about resilience and hope. Love it. Yes. Thank you. And that's your story. I'm going to start with a quote from you, Lauren. And as I always do, it'll guide us in our talk today. And the quote is, we can actively choose to hope and embrace God given resilience to overcome the challenges in our path. So we choose hope and we embrace God. That's really your secret to success. Thanks. Yeah, it was a long journey. Like you said in the opening, I was raised four generations back in a religious group called Christian Science, which usually I start out sharing with people that the tenets of Christian Science don't match up to biblical Christianity. So it's not actually Christian, which when you grow up in it, you definitely think that you are Christian because you do believe in God and you do have the Bible. But the founder of Christian Science in the mid to late 1800s, Mary Bigaretti, she had a testimony of her own healing and went off and sort of put a book together called Science and Health of Key to the Scripture that went alongside the Bible and actually is revered over the Bible in Christian science. So I had been brought up with a faith, a strong faith. It was just slightly off. It's not Christian in that it doesn't match up to the core beliefs of Christianity. And then it's also not really scientific. The the word science is used in the sense of a systematic approach to belief and understanding to provide healing. And so it's not scientific in the normal sense that we would think of the word science or scientific. Um, it's also not Scientology. So Scientology is a totally different group. Yes. And and believers in Christian science, what are they called? Christian scientists. And that's very interesting. So tell us what are some of the beliefs of the Christian scientists? Christian science, at the first glance, before you get super deep, people do very much love God and they um, are seeking growth and progress in their faith. But at the end of the day, it is really based on the principle that there is no matter and that matter is not a part of our reality. And so when a Christian scientist is praying for healing, they're actually trying to align their minds with a series of principles God as principle, God as truth, God as mind, but all of it says that there is no materiality, that the true reality is only spiritual. So this has echoes back to one of the first heresies when after Jesus came and lived his life and died and rose again, there were many different heresies that came about, one of which was the Gnostics. And the Gnostics believed that transcendence came through knowledge, but that Uh, the world was either all physical, all material, or all spiritual. And part of that is the deity of Christ was very difficult to explain and understand. So um, it is very similar to that historic heresy and saying that everything is all spiritual. So Christian scientists do not believe that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man simultaneously. So that is the biggest differentiator when I say that Christian science is a Christian. It's because the biggest hinge point of Christianity is on the deity of Jesus Christ, that our God is both fully God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so Christian science sort of takes those apart and has God the Spirit, a different different kind of spirit, not the Holy Spirit, God the Father, but God really is a spirit. Um, So kind of confusing, why would you have God, the Holy Spirit, and God as a spirit? And then Jesus is a very, very good teacher, the highest possible human being with the best teachings. So definitely revered, but not seen as fully God. Yeah. So what are the Christian science beliefs about doctors and medicine? 
Right. So that's the biggest thing they're known for is that uh, Mrs. Eddy, who founded the religion in the 1800s, as you can imagine, medical advancements were not not great. This is pre-penicillin, pre a lot of surgery. Everyone died from cancer consumption. And so when she fell on the ice and had a healing, a lot of what's in Science and Health talks about um, these these principles of aligning your mind to spiritual reality, to that there is no disease, there is no death, there are no accidents, that basically God doesn't understand or see any of that stuff. So what happens as a young believer is you, obviously you're using all your five senses to take in the world, but you're being told that your senses are not reliable and that the information isn't accurate. So it kind of does a, a mind jumble, if you will, you know, because you're sitting in Sunday school at a table, sitting in a chair in a building. Yes. But then you're being taught that it's not real. And there's all these little games or activities or things that they do, like a prism, you know, and how it reflects the light. They'll use examples like that to try to uh, teach the principles in Christian science. Basically, Christian scientists do use the vaccine waiver. They uh, Parents do not normally vaccinate their children unless they're in a state or school system that does require it. They will cooperate if they're asked to. For instance, I went away to Principia College, which is the only four-year college for Christian scientists. It's back in Elsa, Illinois, just over the river from St. Louis, Illinois. Well, back in the 80s, and there's a chapter in my book, Leaving Christian Science, Dixie's story. She was on campus when there was a huge measles outbreak on campus. As you can imagine, if one person gets a highly transmissible uh, disease like measles and nobody is vaccinated, there's a thousand kids, you know, unvaccinated. It traveled like wildfire and the CDC came in and closed it down and quarantined the whole school. So by the time I got there, she was there in the 80s. I was there in the 90s. They required the CDC required every student to have the MMR vaccine. So that was the first vaccine I ever got as a 17-year-old because I graduated by the summer birthday. So I went off to school, like right on top of my 18th birthday, had to go in and get the MMR vaccine. And I think that was the first time I had been to the doctor and like my mom took me, you know, to the doctor to get this shot. So I remember like a lot of anxiety. So Christian scientists are, they sort of vilify the medical profession. And because it's kind of based on this gnosis, the sense that we have, and this is true of any religious high control group, we have a secret knowledge that no other group has. And our way is the actual true way. And nobody else has this. And if you can only understand or get a glimpse of this, that we hold this special, unique knowledge that's only ours, that if you believe this, you know, you will be free, you will have the truth. So the truth, you know, Jesus words, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. This is that he actually said that this truth was Christian science. Yes. And in our churches, we would have God is love on one side and that verse, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So that's a Jesus quote and and a quote from God on the church walls, but they're taken and twisted and meant to mean something different. So that's where medical treatment, there is a provision for like, going to the optometrist to get glasses and going to the dentist and having a broken bone set. Other than that, you know, you're just conditioned to treat every illness, every, everything from a common cold to a stubbed toe, to a mental problem, to big things like cancer through this mind science of trying to wrap your mind around the world being truly spiritual and that the material picture that you are experiencing or feeling in your body is a false picture. There's a lot of death unnecessary deaths. There's there's a lot of yes. trouble that comes with that. Yes. yes. You had mentioned or referred to it as a high control group. Why do you call it that? 
That's not my term, and I'm not sure who first coined that term, but Dr. Steve Hassan is leading cult expert, and he has several books, and he has a slightly different model called the FIGHT model. FIGHT is an acronym, but there are certain things that qualifies a group as a high control group, and it could even be like there's some multi-level marketing companies that qualify where they are, they have a very strict set of rules that need to be adhered to. Groupthink is another term that you have to do these rigid things in order to be in their group. And if you don't do these things, then you're out of the group. Now, where Christian science is not a super effective high control group to me is that while there's membership, Mrs. Eddy, the founder, put a manual in place that was not allowed to be touched or added to or changed for historical times since the 1800s. So there's no youth group. There's no provision for social meetings or it's Sunday school at the same hour as church. And church is a lesson sermon, which are readings that are set up by the Christian Science Publishing Society. And you read the same thing every day of the week at home is your devotion time. And then you go to church and you hear it read with a solo, one solo and three hymns. So there's not much room for growth and change to come with the ages. So there are a few fringe spinoffs from that, but the high control comes really in the training of your mind. And especially if you're like me, have been through multiple generations back, you you don't know anything different. And so with any group, there are any number of different ways that you process the world. And really it's a different worldview. I'm sure your readers are familiar with, especially now having a Christian worldview and what that looks like to have a Christian worldview or outlook, maybe would be another way to say that. So if yes. you have a Christian science outlook or worldview, it doesn't include going to the doctor. And so yes. for me, my own story, I was engaged to my husband. His mother was an ICU nurse. He did not come from a Christian science background. And so he was alongside watching me, but I all of a sudden had a virus that wouldn't go away. And then I had a urinary tract infection, didn't know what that was and never had one before. So it took me down and I was down for like, I don't know, a week maybe. And finally he was like, you know, every day he'd be like, if you're not a little bit better, we need to go to the ER. And so he gave me time and then scooped me up and took me off to the ER. And so to that yes. point, other than that one shot, I had never had any medical treatment other than dental work with fillings or yes. the removed. I didn't have glasses. So what happened for me was I was trying to have healings for these things that, you know, in the way that I was brought up and the, the control comes in, it's almost like self-control, like or you think about elephant being leashed, you know, and they don't realize their own strength. They could just pull, yes. pull whatever it is they're tethered to. They think that they're leashed. Doing this with my puppy, you know, she I leash her. She sleeps by the bed, but I don't want her wandering off. So I have her double leashed so she can't go within a yes. six foot radius. I move the leash over to this little lean to bookshelf. And my husband says, she can pull that bookshelf down. She's big. She's like 50 pounds. I said, Ooh. yes, but she doesn't know that. She yes. doesn't know that because she was leashed to the bedpost first. Now she's leashed to this little hodgepodge bookshelf. She doesn't know. Yes. She yes. doesn't know. So she yes. just, so that's kind of how it is. You don't know. You don't know how beneficial medical treatment is. You don't know how you can cure a urinary infection in my case super quickly. Um, and so what happened to me is I, you know, got scooped up, taken to the ER. And within a few hours, they pumped me full of fluids 
They gave me um, mega um, antibiotics to get the infection under control and with it and pain medication for my pain. And I was a different person Yes, in a couple of hours. And so, and I also had been taught and kind of conditioned that the medical establishment was not trustworthy and they didn't do good things for people. So I was like, what? was I taught because here I am. And not only was my mother-in-law this incredible person and so loving and caring and just at the ready with any needs, you know, she's a pro nurse, but the experience of my own um, experience in the ER, um, it was just amazing. And so to foil those two things of like extreme pain on the floor, fear, running rampant to basically my problem being dealt with, quickly yes. and easily, I was like, what? There has got to be more to it. And so I had little times of questioning and doubt and concern. And I had been, you know, asking these questions to philosophy as a freshman. And we got, we have Sunday school through age 20. So I was able to bring all these big questions to my yes. Sunday school teacher. And he was, he was great. He's trying to answer my questions. And um, in a high control group, also, there's not a lot of room for doubt. So any issues you come up against, you know, you're, you're kind of fed an answer and not like, we maybe don't know that we don't know the mind of God. Um, So there's the sense of like, everything is, you can know everything. Um, Like Christian science has every answer to every problem. Like there's no problem that can't be answered. And that's yes. And that began your journey. Yeah. So that began your journey to accepting medical care and moving away from being a Christian scientist. But I really wanted to talk next about your two books, Lauren. Mm -hmm. You have your first book I'd like to discuss is Leaving, is titled Leaving Christian Science, 10 Stories of New Faith in Jesus Christ. Is one of those 10 stories your stories? Your story? Yes. My story is chapter two. I didn't want to start with my my own story. I have 10 incredible stories in here. And each of the themes, so, so the nine other people in that, in the, in the book that I've um, interviewed capture their story with their permission, Yes, who's a photo and a bio of each person. Each of them has had a long history in Christian science. And I was introduced to them through a ministry that I work with. I'm on the leadership cohort for a ministry called Fellowship of Former Christian Scientists. I'm going to give that website just if anyone listening um, wants to get more information or they know someone or they're, um, you know, have a cousin or a neighbor or maybe they themselves had been to a Christian science church with a friend might be interesting. You might uh, glean some insight. There's a lot of helps and articles, some of which I've written on that website. It's the URL is FFCS for science. So it's F Frank Frank Christian Science, CS ministry.org. Yes, thank you for um, and, sharing that. Yes. Yeah. And Katie Bime-Esch is the fabulous director who founded this ministry. And her story is in my book. Uh, she also wrote the foreword. And there's a brief history of Christian science in the back of my book, which is um, pretty helpful for those coming to this topic for the first time. Um, there's also like an appendix with plenty of resources. And there's a glossary. One thing you'll find with high control groups and religious cults is that they take many normal terms like Holy Spirit, like faith, like God, like testimony, and they twist them. Um, They change the meaning of them. And so you could be speaking with a neighbor who's a Mormon or a neighbor who's a Jehovah's Witness or Jehovah's Witness comes to your door. You are, in fact, not speaking the same language with them. Like the words that they're using have different meaning within that group. So we put a glossary of 
common Christian science terms at the end of the book. Um, and then each of the chapters tackles like a theme that is prevalent in Christian science. And my intent was to share historical Christianity in, in light of this theme that is sort of taken out of context in Christian science. So each story has a little bit different, like same format, but a little bit different theme. Yes. And how can a listener purchase whether this book or the next book that we'll discuss? Yeah. And Leaving Christian Science really informed the second book I wrote, which is called Write Your Journey, a step-by-step guide to write your life story fast. I found that people were reaching out to me saying, oh, would you would you write my story next? Like after the book came out and um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do a second, like follow up with more stories. But I thought, oh, I'll write something that will be like me as their writing coach, working alongside them to help them write their story. And it helps you write a slice of your life story. It could be your work story, your faith story, uh, your family story. You have charts and timelines and things to follow, kind of like a little workbook. So either of these books can be found on Amazon. You simply type in Write Your Journey or Leaving Christian Science. And my author website is also a good place to learn more about me. And there are links there as well, laurenhunter.net. Yeah. So tell us about your second book, a little bit more about it. Write Your Journey, a step-by-step guide to write your life story fast. So what you and I had discussed was how important it is to take a period of uh, pain or challenges that a person has gone through and then frame it into a story that now can be helpful to somebody else and give somebody else hope. Absolutely. And and the theme of your show of resilience, I had been interviewed about leaving Christian science. And at the end of the call, we both had this incredible epiphany that resilience was a common thread because this podcaster was interviewed people from all different kinds of groups that had left. And so I just have one of those aha moments about resilience being a common thread. And so that is such a fabulous theme that so many people could take, whether you've left a high control group or maybe a destructive marriage, or maybe you've come through infertility and now, you, now you're a parent, or maybe you foster, adopt kids or whatever your story is. You know, people need, just take a minute and look at the news. All the news is bad everywhere. Yes. So, so this is an opportunity if you wanted to use Write Your Journey. I also do coaching with people to write their story or to write a book as an author coach. Um, and that again is laurenhunter.net is where you can find me. But in Write Your Journey, some of the things you'll discover in this book are how to isolate common themes in each of your stories for maximum impact, how to capture the essence of your unique writing voice, how to follow a three-act structure, create an impactful life story. Um, how to outline, draft, and edit, and complete your story, and then how to take that story like into the world, either through a blog or through um, guest writing for other people's magazines or blogs, things like that. I have a background in communication and PR, and so I offer some tips there. So, I mean, I would just be so excited and thrilled to learn that your listeners just had a jumping off point. Like, what do I do? Like, I love this podcast, and I want to share my unique story. My book, Write Your Journey, could help. So check it out. On Amazon. Yes, certainly. Certainly. And many of us, we have a desire to write our life story, but just don't know where to start. So your book is an excellent way to start off. And then, as you said, you're available for coaching and they can reach out to you on your website. Again, it's laurenhunter.net. With the book, your first book, Leaving Christian Science, the 10 stories, do you believe that they also are stories of hope? Because people and, and of course, resilience. 
Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have included them in the book. So, you know, the the subtitle is 10 Stories of New Faith in Jesus Christ. And so that resonates back to our misunderstanding of who Jesus Christ was in Christian science. He wasn't just the highest human teacher that the world has ever seen. He actually was sent by God the Father to rescue us from our sin and to close the gap in relationship that we can come. You know, the word tells us, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so I never understood that verse and and didn't read it a whole lot before I came to know the Lord. So each person's story has definitely a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of anguish, and this incredible um, inching toward true faith in Jesus Christ. And so I hope that it's inspiring and that your readers, if you would like to learn what it is like, and I know it's a common thing to just, wow, this was so hard. I can't believe these people left. It's one of those page turners. So (laughs) yes, yes. The quote we started off the podcast with, you talk about embracing God-given resilience. So it's not just the human resilience, our own abilities, but it's a God-given resilience. Yeah. I mean, Think about all the characters in the Bible. If you did go to church as a kid, maybe, and you heard about Moses and Jonah and all of these stories, they were imperfect, flawed people that God chose to redeem his story and his purpose Mm -hmm. for us. And resilience is just all over the Bible. I think really humans have been imprinted by God to have uh, resilience, that it's more normal to bounce back from difficulty with resilience and grit. Um, than to cower beneath it and and be crushed. So I would just love to hear more stories of your listeners and and their own resilience. Maybe there's a way to connect on social media and just share share a little snippet of how God's allowed you to be resilient in your own life. Do you have a Facebook page or a Facebook? I group? do. I have many socials on Instagram. I'm at Mama. Hunter 100, M-A-M-A, Hunter 100. Um, and I know, I think you're putting my social media in the show notes. Facebook, but do you have a Facebook group? Many authors have Facebook groups. And that's yes, really what I'm... it's laurenhunter.net. So okay. it's like facebook.com right. forward slash laurenhunter.net forward slash okay. search on there. And if you search Google Lauren Hunter author, it'll pull up a bunch of, bunch of things. Happy to connect with, with readers and listeners. Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much, Lauren. The time is already over and uh, it's just been a fascinating podcast hearing about your life and how you've given us now so much hope. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. May the God of hope and peace be with each listener. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. Please visit my Facebook page, Be Convinced VI, and like and follow me. I post weekly about upcoming radio shows and podcasts. Please also visit my website at sorayadiasikofelt.com, where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Let's contemplate on what the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said. Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a greater purpose than myself. Mm -hmm.